When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Jordan Harbinger here. Welcome to Minnesota Monday. Happy to be here with you kicking off the week with something quick and actionable that you can implement right away that'll make you more magnetic and effective. Today, my friend Noah Kagan here with me. Uh, what, do I say you're from AppSumo or Sumo Me? How do I introduce? Or just... Sumo Life. Or just okdork.com. <laughs> uh, AppSumo.com and SumoMe.com. Dot com. We were talking today on our little morning hike about good and bad discomfort having come from a seminar that we decided not to stay at because we thought like, okay, are we getting any value out of this or do I want to leave because I'm not getting any value or do I want to leave because I'm uncomfortable for some other reasons? And it, it became kind of a weird, we, well, we had guilt around leaving and it became kind of this weird calculation where we're trying to remove any idea or any concept that we were rationalizing leaving because we were, oh, I'm too cold or I'm tired or my time's better spent elsewhere and find the actual real reasons for leaving this seminar. And we found kind of two distinctive types of discomfort, both good and bad. Do you want to break those two down for us? Yeah, I was, I was trying to think of a good example. And I think a great example is like when you grow up, you have food on your plate. And there's a part where you're full and you don't really want to eat anymore, but your mom's like, eat more food. And you're like, I just, I'm full, Jewish mother. Leave me alone, please. And, you know, Mama, Mama Sumo is like, you're just going to eat it. And I'm like, that's a bad discomfort because it's like, it doesn't better me going through the discomfort. I'm still going to be even more uncomfortable. While a good discomfort, as we were talking about in our, we had a really nice walk, by the way. Yes. Hand holding and it's everything. It's like seven miles long as well. It was a nice walk. And a good discomfort, though, is something that you know that the outcome has a high potential of being better. So uh, alternatively, as we were talking about, like a good discomfort is the gym where I know it's going to suck. And to me, suckiness is good because it's going to be hard and it's going to be challenging. But the result and the outcome is going to be is going to be worth it. I think part of the the confusion, you could say, like Seth Godin's book, The Dip, right? Like, when is it a good time to quit? It's like, I don't know. I finished that book halfway through and I gave it away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you but didn't I, finish The Dip because you're like, oh, it's so much longer. Uh, when's a great time? I, I, I think it's hard, though. The challenge is like, what if you don't know how the outcome is going to be? And so that's where... Me and you at the seminar, which we do, you don't want to name the name. Um, we stayed almost seven hours. And I think after seven hours, you have some indication um, whether you're going to, you're already starting to get something out of that experience. Right, right. And for me, it was kind of like, all right, I'm physically a little uncomfortable because we're packed in here. It's freezing. Like there's an AC thing going. And on the other hand, I just felt like, all right, every hour or so, I kind of get some not even an actual takeaway takeaway, but something that I would like read in maybe an Instagram meme where I figured, look, if I read seven hours worth of books, I could finish a really good, very dense book with a lot of scientific research, a lot of really good takeaways that are actionable. This I felt like I had maybe one, maybe zero actionable takeaways and seven Facebook status updates that would sound really good and were catchy. Dude, your attitude is definitely your gratitude right now. Big time. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I think with that specifically, you have to think about a few things. One, discomfort is where your growth is going to come. You don't really yes. grow doing the same thing, and I agree with that. But after that period of time, I started thinking about my opportunity costs. Is there another way of getting what I want not in this medium? Because I do think there's something there where you've, I've gone to seminars. I went to David Data's Where This Pure Man where... Uh, we had a lot of sex talks and it was really uncomfortable. And like people said, oh, you're, 
I wouldn't have sex with you. And I'm like, yo, that's not cool. I really hurts my feelings. Was that a way women were saying things like that? Yeah. Like I yeah. would never sleep with you. Basically it was me and this old guy and they were like, who would you fuck? Can we swear? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can swear. But that's th- crazy. And so they, I stood up there at his seminar, and it was a three-day seminar somewhere in uh, Ojai Valley, California. And they're like, oh, we all want to fuck the old guy. A few of them wanted to fuck me because I'm young and cuter. But they're, And then they explained why. They're like, well, he just seemed more confident and grounded. Right. And so that was just one of the, the things. And David had all these talks. But ultimately, I was like, I feel like I'm learning and growing on something I want. Whether right now it feels good is, is going to be the... is not, not nice to, to hear those things, but I knew it was something I want... And I thought the benefit would be worth it. Right. So you wanted to hear why and work on those things instead of just having your ego flattered with like all the all the shills in the room. Like, oh, I would totally give you my email address like you see at some of those like dating workshops where they're, they just want you to feel good at the end. And I felt the same way like this particular seminar. A lot of it was about feeling good and smoke and mirrors, but not a lot of you've got to do the actual work. And the work, the actual work is where you feel the good kind of discomfort. Things like, like you said, working out at the gym, really busting your butt there, it's not comfortable, but the benefit is going to be there, it's tangible. The the, ba- the bad kind of discomfort is, wow, I feel guilty that I'm not doing something else that would have had higher ROI, and I'm also physically uncomfortable or I don't feel well in some other way. And it's tricky to decide which one you're feeling at any given time because rationalization kicks in. <laughs> and and here's a classic example. Is it good for you if you're a single dude and you're, you're looking to meet new people? Is it good to approach a girl that makes you feel a little bit nervous about going up and talking to her? Sure, that's a good kind of discomfort. But your mind will quickly say, actually, there's a bunch of excuses and other reasons why this might be the bad kind of discomfort because, oh, yeah, you know, this might be offensive uh, to her and her friends who are with her, and that's bad, so I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a bad person. That conflicts with my identity, so I'm not going to do it. And really, what's really going on is you're you're staying in your comfort zone for other reasons. So the trick for me is to ask yourself what kind of discomfort it is, and it's very, very tricky to remove the other considerations, but you have to realize that your mind will try to show you that it is uncomfortable for different reasons than it really is, even if it's the good kind of discomfort in disguise. Does that make sense? No, it it completely makes sense. I think of uh, basically like the two things that I I was thinking about specifically was one, letting discomfort be your compass. So that moment, that moment, because dude, I I swear, like, what was it? A week ago, uh, there was a cute girl and I saw her. I'm single now. And you have to put that out there. Yeah, uh, Noah Kagan. He is single. And um, send headshots to <laughs> Noah at okdork.com. I want resumes. No, so uh, LinkedIn profile. So, and then my mind is like, oh, well, it's busy, or like, oh, I don't want. You know, there's. I'm already texting a few other girls. Like, you know, she's probably not the one. I'm right. not going to meet her at. Uh, I don't know at bar class. You know, I probably wouldn't meet her there. And so that moment, do, that do you, you do bar class? I don't do bar. Class. Okay, because you would definitely meet her at bar probably. class. Except now, y- yoga. By the way, is like all dudes now. There are no women at yoga. Yeah, it's, it's I'm rough. done with that. Uh, but two <laughs> things. It's like one when that excuse starts coming up. I think that's the stuff you need to step into. Number one. Number two. You need to practice it. So for me, my favorite thing to do is at airports. I almost every single time. I'd say ninety ninety five percent of the time, I go ask people for their newspapers. That's one of the common ones I've always done. Where I'm like. Oh fuck! I don't really want to do this. And that moment when I'm starting to like make the excuse, right, is when I'll like jump in and be like, uh, "Hey, are you done with the newspaper?" And they're like, "No, I'm." You can see I'm reading. I'm it. literally reading it right now <laughs> as you ask me this question. <laughs> and that starts like practicing it. Yeah, it, you know, kind of puts me more in a mindset where I'm like, "All right, well, they reject me. Move, move on, and it's fine." Or actually, most of the time they give it to me. We can smooth this out later <laughs> because that's. I mean, 
there, there's, there's some tweaks that might work really well for that. But, but I see what you're saying. You have to. Your point is well taken. Once a discomfort creeps up, you don't have to go. Hmm, am I feeling good discomfort or bad discomfort? Once you rationalize, just, it. just act. And if you continue to feel discomfort, like, okay, I'm still not getting anything from this seminar, this event, I'm still feeling physically like I really don't want to be here, and I feel like the ROI is not getting any better, then you realize, all right, this isn't just a rationalization, I'm actually checking in on, so check in on your discomfort, I think is almost like the rule here. At first act, totally. then if it persists, check in. But how do you know when to, to check out, I think is part of the challenge, because we, we were discussing, like, one, we have Jewish mothers where there's a lot of guilt in our culture. I don't know if that's discussed or known by uh, other groups. So specifically, like, let me ask what you do in this scenario. Uh, one, you know, there's there's events that I've gone to, and I literally walked into this, like, affiliate marketer thing uh, a few years ago, and they were talking about, my PayPal keeps getting blocked. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you're a scammer. That's why. It gets right. blocked. And I walked out. I literally walked out of the event, and I was like, I'm not going to get value out of this. And you have to, one, <laughs> you have to accept that. After the, five minutes. It, I accepted it. If that's the kind of topics are going to be, it's not going to serve what I'm looking for. And I think you can frankly learn in any situation. But let me give you a situation. You tell me what you did, what you would do. And I mentioned this to you on our walk. Uh, I got introduced to a girl in New York. Uh, I met up with her and her friends. And I went and bought them all drinks right when I met them. There's her. Right. There's three girls. Bought them drinks. Hey, how are you guys doing? How are you guys doing? Um, and then they just kind of like, I tried to I politely talk with them. And then they just kept talking and excluded me. And so after about 15 minutes of trying to be polite, I walked out. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. I, what would you do? And so to me, it was like, I was like, I'm not getting anything out of this situation. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have bought a bunch of random w- girls or anybody that I didn't know drinks right off the bat. It has nothing to do with their gender, actually. It just, I don't know them. So well, friends of friends. They're a friend of friends. Oh, they're friends of friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. That, okay. I understand that. Um, I, it's hard to say. Like, we're, it's hard to say because I wasn't there. You can tell if they're doing it on purpose or maybe in the moment you couldn't. Hmm. So trying to include yourself in the conversation, if they're not picking up on those social cues or if they just decided, actually, we're not interested in speaking with you, then that's fine. So I would have politely excused myself as well, I think, just because I would have done the same thing. Whenever you're confused about what to do in a situation with the opposite sex, a girl that you just met, ask yourself if you do the same thing for a group of dudes. And there's there's significant overlap hmm. in how that would work. If I was going to hang out with you and you were with a bunch of other guys that I hadn't met, I'd probably say, beer, 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 what do you guys want to drink? I'm going to the bar right now. I'm going to grab a drink. Do you want something? And I would buy something for whoever wanted something. Sure. But if I sat down and everyone was talking outside of me and I wasn't able to actually get a foothold in the conversation because they either ignored what I was saying or didn't engage on what I was saying, I'd probably say, all right, guys, it was good to meet you guys. I think I'm going to bounce, but it was nice meeting you. And I would, I would leave. And then if you were like, hey, dude, where'd you go? I'd be like, no, I don't know. I felt like I wasn't feeling the conversation, but I um, look forward to seeing you guys another time. Something like that. It, it's not a big deal, right? It, just take the gender thing out of it. Same reaction. Hmm. I, I guess part of the question then, and I know it's only supposed to be five minutes that we're talking, is it's all right. what is, you know, I think we all want a formula. So if this is happening, you do Y, right? Like if X is happening and you're not like it, you do Y. But part of discomfort and growth, growth comes from discomfort, right? As we talked about, right. your muscles don't change and do the same way. Exactly. But I, I think we're both looking for a formula to some extent, which is like, if this is happening, you have to stay because that discomfort's going to make you better versus this discomfort is just going to make you full and get into some food coma. Right. So the question is, am I growing? Do I stand to grow from the discomfort in any foreseeable way? So if I'm sitting in or if I'm standing in a friggin' meat, refrigerator and it's really cold and I don't have a jacket, am I going to really get tougher and be able to withstand more cold as a result of staying in there for another 45 minutes? Probably not. So the sensible thing to do would be to leave. However, if I'm standing in that same meat locker closet with you and Elon Musk and we're having an awesome conversation and if I leave, I can't get back in. Well, 
short of getting pneumonia, I'll probably stay in there because that for some reason is the, for some reason we're having a meeting with Elon Musk in a freaking meat refrigerator, <laughs> a walk-in refrigerator, naturally. Um, so you can ask yourself if you stand to grow from that, right? And the, the thing is, it's just like the gym. You go to the gym, you lift the weights, you stand to grow from that, especially if you push yourself. If you're going to do something like what we were at, a seminar where you go, is this gonna get better? Unknown. Has it gotten better in the last seven hours? No. Well, the, past, the best indication of future performance or future behavior is past behavior. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say there's probably not going to be that many significant changes that are gonna make this worthwhile. Sunk cost fallacy says we should leave now. Not, oh, I feel nervous about being here because um, I might get called up on stage or something. That wasn't part of my calculation. So I thought, okay, it's not that. It's not anxiety. It's nothing like that. It's just I don't wanna be here anymore, so I'm out. So it sounds like the rule, if we're trying to create one, is one, go into discomfort. So if you're like, even that seminar, I was a little uncomfortable going. I was like, oh, Yeah, me too. I was like a little nervous, a little scared, but I was like, no, I'm going to go into it. That's where growth comes from when you try new things out, when you go up to someone new, when you're doing something new at work, that's where new growth comes from. And so I did it, and then you see and you test it out and you see if it's actually like, okay, I'm discomfort, but am I starting to learn something from this? And if after seven hours... <laughs> Right. Well, the reason it took me so long to leave, I don't know about you, the reason it took me so long to leave is because I did have apprehension going into it, and I wanted yeah. to make damn sure that I didn't leave after two hours, which in retrospect is when I knew I was probably done with it. I wanted to make sure that that apprehension did not play a part in my calculation to leave later on. So I waited until that apprehension completely faded and then said, yeah, I'm still not feeling this. Time to plan my exit. And even then, you said 90 more minutes. If we're still not feeling it, we go. And we left in 91 minutes or something later. And, you know, maybe one thing for someone to try right now, because they're listening to us in their headphones uh, or on speaker somewhere, is get out your phone right now and text someone something you wouldn't normally text them. Right? So go out and, like, if you're a girl, text a guy. You, if you're single, text them that. If you have some issue with your dad, text them that. If you have some, like, person you've always wanted to be with, text them but the point being is like experience that discomfort right now and then see like, oh, it wasn't so bad. And so it's just more practicing it as a muscle and then learning the kind of discomforts that you want to go towards and some that you do and you're like, hey, this isn't serving me and making my life better. Well, that that's Noah Kagan's tip right there. I'd say choose your discomfort wisely. Don't text your boss. I've been <laughs> thinking about them for the last three years. Uh, you know, this is a drill. Uh, the consequences of I, any outcome that comes from this drill should be very minimal because all we're asking you to do is something that's slightly uncomfortable. And, and honestly, there's a lot of, well, frankly, the Art of Charm Challenge is loaded with specific things like this to build up tolerance to discomfort and teach you skills at the same time. So that's at theartofcharm.com slash challenge. Or if you're here in the States, you can text charmed, C-H-A-R-M-E-D, to 33444. And it'll teach you how to connect better with others, create more productive personal and business relationships. It's step-by-step, -step, and there's a Facebook group with thousands of other AOC family taking the challenge as well. Of course, AJ and I are in there with the rest of the Art of Charm team helping you all move through the challenges. Thank you, Noah. Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 
93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to recent Indeed survey. We have hired a lot of team members over the last 17 years going through endless resumes. Well, that's a time sink. But you know what else is a time sink? Interviewing endless people because they're all going to give you the best face forward. That's why we love Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash charm. Just go to indeed.com slash charm right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash charm. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Over the last 17 years, we have launched our fair share of online courses, coaching programs, and finding the right platform has always been a challenge. They say if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know the hard work that comes with it. That's why you need Kajabi. Kajabi makes it easy to run your entire online business from one platform so you can focus on what you love, creating. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part? Kajabi doesn't cut into your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't even need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash charm. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash charm. Go to kajabi.com slash charm and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. Thanks for listening and supporting The Art of Charm. For a list of all of our amazing sponsors and discount codes, visit theartofcharm.com slash advertisers. Now, have a great week.